Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. We're going to be teaching out of Acts 21 and Luke 8. And we're going to be talking about some demons and devils. Those little hooligans. Welcome to the program, <laughs> Pastor James. <laughs> well, thank you. That's a good way to refer to them, too. That's exactly what they are. Cause they, they come to steal, kill, and destroy. And most people don't pay attention to that. They just say, oh, they're just little enemy. No, they came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. All right. Well, you go ahead and start it off with prayer, Dorothy. Okay, you really are stretching me, and I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I hear you. <laughs> okay. Father, we come before you tonight as we start this lesson, and we ask that you bless the listeners and you open their eyes and ears so that they can hear what you want them to learn and give Pastor James the word that you want put forth. That's all I've got. I just went blank. That's terrible. Father. All right, maybe this maybe that's all we need. We don't we never know. Only God knows. Well I thank you for the prayer. Amen. And uh I'm glad you did that because that gives us uh something else I want to talk about. How to get a miracle in your life. That's why it's called signs, wonders and miracles. And the way it is, uh I've just started teaching on this real lately about if you pray for others, instead of praying for yourself, pray for others, then God does miracles for you. I had a lady call me today. She was in so much pain and, uh, I mean, excruciating pain. And she wanted me to pray for her. And I said, no, I want you to pray for me. Now, that was a strange request, but I happened to know some things about the power of the word of God. And so as she prayed for me and finished praying for me, I I told the Lord, I said, now, she prayed for me. She did something for me. I asked you to do something for her, and God instantly healed her of her back pain. And it wasn't even a little bit longer than that. I've been sick myself because I think it was food poisoning. And as soon as she prayed for me, later on, within one hour, because sometimes miracles don't happen instantly. Sometimes they say, like the Bible says, and in the self-same hour, then I got healed from that food poisoning. Because, I mean, I was going through the rut. I couldn't even, I couldn't even look at food. <laughs> and I wanted to people that I like to eat. So anyway, as I say, I, I'm glad you, you did that because now by you praying for me, then God's going to do something for you. They said if you give a, a prophet a cold glass of water in a prophet's name, you'll receive a prophet reward. 
it doesn't always mean water. If you do something for someone else, and that's another thing I need to talk about today too before we get into our lesson, is the uh, the anointings. I hear people talking about, I want a double anointing. I want this anointing. But if you read the Bible, back in the Old Testament, there's only three anointings. It's the king anointing, the prophet anointing, and the priest anointing. Those are the only three anointings they are. When Elijah said, I'd like to have a double portion of what you have, he wasn't talking about a new anointing. He said, I want to do double the amount of miracles that you did. And God did it. Even if he had to wait till after Elijah was dead in the grave, and they threw another dead body on top of him because Elijah raised one person from the dead in his ministry, and he'd already raised one. But after he threw, they threw that body on him, he came back to life. The body did. And so that means he had two miracles. So he doubled the amount of miracles that Elijah did, Elijah and Elijah. So anyway, uh, as I say, those are the only three anointings that they had. We don't have those three anointings anymore. The anointing we have now is the Christ anointing, or actually the word would be Messiah anointing. And because of the Messiah anointing, we have all three of the other gifts in there, or the all, the other three um, anointings in there, the king anointing, the prophet anointing, and the priest anointing. And as you read the scriptures, you'll find out, that's why I tell people, don't trust me. Read it for yourself. Search it out and see that what I'm telling you is truth. And as you understand, you get these anointings, it doesn't operate in you until God gives you the power. You can have authority, but no power doesn't do any good for you. So you have to wait till God looks at you, and he's, there's a time and a season. That's what the book of uh, Ecclesiastes says. There's a time and a season. And God will look at you and he'll say, okay, I can trust this one. I can trust that one. That's why some he gives one, some five, some ten. In other words, he knows what you can handle and what you can't handle. And God is not uh, a a person that just wastes gifts or wastes things on people, but he gives you what you need that you may help somebody else and then help yourself. All right. So anytime anybody want to ask about these anointings again, we can talk about it and discuss it. But right now we're getting ready to talk about Acts, the 21st chapter, and the first verse. Acts, the 21st chapter, and the first first verse. And it came to pass, after we had gotten from them and had launched, we came with a straight course to Costco until the day following the and the day following unto Rhodes, from hence Pateri, uh, finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set forth. In other words, they went to sailing. And when they had discovered Cyrus, we left it on the left hand and sailed to uh, Cyprus and landed at Tyre, where these ships were unladed, her burden and finally finding disciples we tarried there seven days with whom said to Paul through the spirit that he should not go into Jerusalem now why didn't the spirit you know talk to Paul instead of talk to the disciples 
It's because he said, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. And so what has happened, probably the Holy Spirit had already taught the Paul, but he needed uh, a, two or three witnesses. And they said not for him not to go into Jerusalem. And when they had accomplished those days, we departed and went our way, and all were brought to us in our way with wives and children until we were out of the city, and we kneeled down on the shore and prayed. When we had taken our leaves one for another, we took ships and returned home again. And when we had finished our course to Tyre, we came to Ploemus uh, and saluted the brethren and aborted them one day, aborted with them for one day. And the next day we were with Paul's company, departed and came to Caesarea. And when we entered into the house of Philip, the evangelist, which of one of the seven, that are boarded with us. Now the thing, the uh, the head or the title evangelist is a very important person because the Bible tells us he who wins souls is wise. It didn't say the apostles the greatest, the uh, prophets the greatest, but the evangelist is the middle one, and he's the one that helps hold the glue together with the pastor and the teacher because the evangelist he goes in with the gifts that God gives him or her. It can be a male or female, or her. They're able to see things in the church what needs to be corrected. They can see into a person's life and tell them, this is what the Lord said. You need to stop this. You need to do this. Or encourage you. Saying, You're doing a good job, and God wants to give you even more to do. In other words, that's why it's so important to have a true evangelist, not one who's going around and says, hey, I want you to get more money and all this. you got to give more money. No. God's got all the money. There ain't not, never a dollar ever left this earth. If he wants somebody to give, he can give that person an unction in their spirit to give. But in the meantime, we need to know what does the, the message of God giving us, and we need to know day by day. That's why we have to have an, uh, an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, to teach us how to learn so we can receive. Let's continue on here. And the same man had four daughters, which did prophesy. A lot of people say, well, prophesy means preach. Actually, prophecy means prophecy. And when you start prophesying, that's when people get on fire. When you sit in there and tell the people, this is the gospel, give it to them, and then you start telling what God has for their life, that sets them on fire. As we tarried there many days, then came down from Jerusalem, I mean, uh, Judea, a certain prophet named Agabus. When he had came unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound it, his hands and feet, and said, and said, Thus says the Holy Ghost, you shall, so shall the Jews of Jerusalem bind the man who owns this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when they heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. They begged him and said, now listen, don't go up there. Even the Holy Ghost is telling you what's getting ready to happen. Just because the Holy Ghost is telling you something, it doesn't mean not to go there. It's, what we're doing is going for God's glory. Whatever God wants us to do, be willing to die to do obey God. But a lot of times... We won't do that. We, you know, hey, Lord, tell me where I'm going to get my next meal at, where I'm going to get the next blessing at, is what church is going to be open to me. But be ready to witness to the person who don't want to be witnessed to. And if it costs us our life, good, because you never know when that one person 
might turn around and get others saved into the kingdom. And it says, and when they heard these things, both we and they that uh, of that place besought him not to go up. And Paul answered, what mean do you weep and break my heart? For I am not ready to be bound only, but to also die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when he said, I'm willing, not only willing to die for the name, it meant the authority. I'm teaching people about the authority of Jesus Christ. He is king. He is Lord. He is the, the mighty one. And see, the world don't know that because we're hooked into a world system that is the veins. That's something I have to teach some other time, that the veins of this planet is hooked into our veins, which goes into our mind. So that's why when it says we are born in, uh, into this world full of trouble, it's because the world system is full of trouble. God's system is one that operates from the heaven. The earth system operates from the earth here. And the more we have been fed by the earth, the less we understand about the heavenly realm. And God is not going to give us power until we understand how to relate to him, relate to others, and how to use the power. So then it says, and when they would not uh, persuade him, we see saying, the will of the Lord, we cease by saying the will of the Lord be done. You notice they didn't put no if in there. A lot of times people are always talking about if it's God's will. If, we better know what God's will is. And after those days, we took up our carriage and went up to Jerusalem and went, and went with us a certain disciples of Caesarea and brought them into Manson, son of Cyrus, an old uh, disciple with whom we should lodge. And when we were come up to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. And the day following, Paul went went in with us unto James, and all the elders were present. And when they had saluted him, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. The way you win souls is Getting a testimony. Well, what has God did for you today? Uh, 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 Well, he woke me up this morning. Yes, he woke all of us up this morning. But what has he done for you specifically? I used to be in jailhouse ministry. And the first time I went in there and I I witnessed to a young man. And he said, yeah, that sounds good, but I don't want to hear what God has did for everybody else. I don't want to hear about what he did in the Old Testament and stuff. I want to hear what he did for you. And when I started telling him my testimony, how God showed up in my place and stayed with me for three and a half days, and I didn't eat no food and I drank no water and I wasn't hungry and I wasn't thirsty, when God puts you into a fast, you don't go into that hunger and thirsty stuff. But see, the thing is, he wanted to hear about my testimony, and that's what he wants. When you go into witness somebody, he wants to hear it your testimony so that you can not only witness to your the uh, saints when you get back, but to the ones who did not believe. You done probably want to sow, or if you didn't, you planted a seed, and somebody else will come and water it, and God will get the increase. And when they had heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, unto him, thou seest, thou seest, brothers, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe. And all zealous of the law. Now, he looks at this. Let's go back there again. 
how many thousands, that's the S on that, of Jews that are which believe and they are zealous for the law. And they all informed us. Uh, inform thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought to not circumcise their children, neither be walking after the customs. What what it is, therefore, the multitude must need to come together, for they will hear that thou art come. Do therefore this, and we say unto thee, we have four men which have a vow on them. And the, the vow would be a uh, what they call a uh, a Nazarite vow, not to do certain things, not to eat certain things, that their their soul may be purified. Uh, them take and purify themselves with them, and be in charge with them, and they may shave their head, and all may know that these things where they have informed concerning thee are nothing but that. Thou thyself are walking in orderly and keeping the law. So now here they don't accuse you. You know how it is. They say people will lie on you. They'll talk about you. That'll, that's the truth. But you got to remember, life is nothing but a test. Don't get angry. And if you do get angry, don't stay angry. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Uh, you know, being around this ministry, I will teach you what God has taught me. And what is that? That his word will work if you'll work the word. And it says that touching the Gentiles, which believe, we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing, save only that they keep themselves from offering to idols, from blood, from strangled, and from fornication. Then Paul took the men and the next day purified themselves with the interesting entering the temple to signify that the accomplished are into the temple, to signify that the accomplishment of the days of purification until the offering should be offered in one of them. In other words, when they said these four things, you have to go back into the book of Acts, I think it's around the 15th chapter, when Paul was asked, well, what should we teach the Gentiles about keeping the law of Moses? And he and he came back and said, now, listen, now, you won't get this unless you study Judaism. He was telling us, you should tell them they need to observe the law of Noah. And what was that law? And that was right here, where it says right here. And if you go back, you'll see out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be, be established, that you keep themselves from offering to idols. Stay away from idols and from blood. That doesn't. It, it means like you, you you kill something, drain the blood out of that thing. Don't drink that blood. And from uh, a lot of people overseas, they'll they'll drink the blood of that animal, or they drink the blood of the person they kill, figuring they're getting their power from them. But God told us stay away from that. Don't do those things. And from strangled. In other words, things that have died of itself, poisoned. And yet still, hey, we see it on the side. It looks good, like a dead deer. Maybe he's been dead for hours, and it maybe died of sickness instead of being shot. And then we go eat that. No, we're supposed to stay away from that stuff. And from fornication. Now, fornication means usually a man and woman who are not married having sex outside of marriage. 
But uh, in this case, the word fornication covers also adultery. In other words, God said, don't do any illicit sex. Illicit sex. You know, there's some people say, well, if you just let me do this, uh, God knows I'm only human and I got to release myself. No, that is not what the Bible teaches us. But he teaches us to stay pure, purify ourselves, and continue to walk in holiness so that God can look upon us and say, okay, this is one person I can trust with the power. This one I can trust with the power. If you notice, Jesus walked with his disciples for three and a half years before he decided which one that he would give them the power. Now, he gave them a certain amount while they were walking with him, but he did not put them in full power until after Jerusalem when they were in the upper room and the the, uh, Holy Ghost came up on them like, uh, fire up on top of their heads and stuff, and they started speaking in other tongues. And people accused them of being drunk, but what it was, their power was so strong they were struggling. And that's because when the Holy Ghost come up on you, you will change. You will feel different. I'm one of the people that I don't know. There's other people that can see it too, but I can see the glory of the Holy Spirit when it's around a person. I I used to even see the the, the seed, there is a seed which the Holy Ghost puts in a person. And I watched it as it was coming, materializing out of nothing. And it entered in this person, and the next thing I know, they were they were crying at first. All of a sudden, as the Holy Spirit entered in because of all their sin, they started rejoicing and being happy that they're being saved. They know the difference between living in sin and being saved. Now, once you say it don't mean you're not going to sin again, but your job is to fight for it that you don't sin again. But you have an advocate with the Father in case you do. But the main thing is strive. That's what the Bible says. Strive to enter into the straight gate. And that's what we're supposed to be doing each and every day. And then it says, um, and the day following, Paul went in with us to... uh, James and all the elders were present, which is another thing of saying, listen, uh, there are elders in the church, and everybody is under somebody's authority. And if you notice, where did Paul go to? Unto James. Why? Because James was in charge of the church. That was Jesus' half-brother, not James and John. This was Jesus' half-brother. God chose James to be in charge of the church, even though he was a Pharisee. But God knows how to turn us all and bring us through. And when he had saluted them, he declared particularly the things that God had wrought under the Gentiles by his ministry. The word Gentile means those who have no covenant with our God. What's a covenant? That means no treaty or or we have said we will do this and gave our word, and God gave his word that he will do this for us. But if you don't know the God that we serve, then you have no covenant with him. You have no treaty, no testimony. Even though he might be helping you, you just don't know it. But once you know, then he puts you into a position of learning to depend on the Lord for everything instead of depending on yourself. Because the world system says, I can do it. I can do it. But the the world system it leads you on to selfishness. It's all about me. It's all about me. And 
God's system leads you about the Lord, glorifying him and testifying what he's done for you. And it says, and when they, the 20th verse, and when he had heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews, as they were, are believers. Believers mean you get past even trust. You just know that God's going to do what he says. When you get in that, when you in that much belief, your faith soars or your trust soars to where you're willing to do anything that God tells you to do. And that's where we're supposed to be striving to, to get into that position where we do whatever God tells us to do. And let's skip down to the 21st. And when they inform thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to speak, that's where we were talking about earlier, about how they were t- the Gentiles, who means they did not have a covenant. But now they do. Only people that had covenants before was the Jews. But we're brought in through a new and a better covenant. Namely, we're brought through by Jesus Christ, and we come in through the blood of him, and that we're his children. We're not, we're not under the Old Testament uh, laws and stuff, but we're under the New Testament, which is the Old Testament, which is the Noah covenant. Now, that's something else you, you will have to look up. But as I say, all you do with the Internet, everything is possible to look up nowadays. Everything. All right. Now, let's get back where we had left off. Let's go to uh, the 27th verse. And when the seven days were ended, the Jews, which were their agents, and when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands, and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help. This is the man that teaches all men everywhere against the people and the laws and the places and further brought Greeks into the temple and has polluted this holy place. For they had seen before with them in the city of Timachus a, a uh, Ephesian whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was moved and the people ran together and they took Paul and drew him out of the temple and went forth the doors were shut and when they went about to kill him tied him up uh tied him up to the chief captain of the band and all Jerusalem was in the uproar now there they are back in the uproar again and immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down into them and when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers they uh, left beating Paul or they stopped beating him then the chief captains came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with chains and demanded who he was and what he had done and some cried one thing another, some another among the multitudes and when they could not know the certainty of the turmoil he commanded him to be carried into the castle and when they came up on the stars, the stairs, so it was that he bored the soldiers. He was bored of the soldiers for the violence of the people. In other words, here they pick him up, they take him into the castle, and they looked at what he had been beaten by all these people. And then 36, it says, And a uh, multitude of the people following him cried, Away with him! And Paul was to be led into the castle, and when he had unto the chief captain, may I speak unto you, who says, 
can thou speak Greek? <laughs> you know, they always said that, that old joke is Greek to me, and I don't know where they got that idea from, but I guess it's been way back in the way back when. Are, are thou not an Egyptian, which before these days made a uproar and led into the wilderness 4,000 men that were murdered? But Paul said, I am a man which am a Jew of Tartarus, a city in Sicilia, uh, a citizen of no mean city. I beseech thee, suffer me or allow me to speak to the people. And when he had given him uh, audience, or say, go ahead, Paul stood in the, on the stairs and beckoned with his hand unto the people. And when they made a great silence, he spoke unto them in the Hebrew language, saying, well, we're going to go right on over to the 30, 22nd today. Men, brothers, and fathers, hear, hear you my defense, which I made until now. And when they heard that he spoke the Hebrew language unto them, they kept more silent. And he said, I verily a man which is of, of a Jew, born in Tartarus, a city in Silica, brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel. That was one of the most famous rabbis at that time. Taught, it, taught act according to the perfect manner of the law of the Father and was zealous toward God as all of you are in this city. I persecuted this way until the death, binding and delivering and prisoning both men and women. Back in the old days, they used to call it instead of Christ or Jesus, they called it the way. So when he says, I persecuted this way, that was the name of the organization back then, the way. And then he said in the fifth verse, and he said, also the high priest does bear me witness that all the council of the elders from whom I received letters unto the brothers and went into Damascus to bring them which were bound into Jerusalem to be punished. In other words, Paul is giving his testimony, how he was against this, what they call the way. But he was taught by one of the best rabbis you can talk to, and that was Gamaliel. And he taught the perfect manner of the law. In other words, he taught him to look, not just look at the law and just look at it, but he learned how to discern what does the law really say. And that's what Jesus was here doing, trying to teach us. What does the law really say, and why is it there? But most people, they want to be religious instead of having an understanding of what the law says. To give you an example, there's a book called Ephesians. And in there it talks about uh, not to be drunk until excess with wine. And so most people think that, oh, that means you don't supposed to drink. Well, first of all, you have to find out what the word wine means. It does not mean alcohol. What it means is the word. Now, wait a minute. How do you get that? The Bible interprets itself. You look it up, you'll find out that in this case, the word wine means the law. And so when it says to be not filled with wine into excess, it wasn't talking about alcohol. It was talking about not being so legalistic that you missed the understanding of the law. That's why Jesus, he taught in parables. And in the parables, he had to come back and explain to them who had ears to hear and eyes to see and to have an understanding. Because with all you're getting, the Bible says get an understanding. Because God hides things. And even when he gives you something, you look at it, you need to look a little deeper. 
because, as I said, he hides things. But he wants somebody that's hunger and thirst after righteousness. But here's Paul said, yeah, I used to be the one that, that persecuted these people. That was the fifth uh, verse. Now it says in the sixth verse, and it came to pass as I made my journey and came nigh unto Damascus about noon. Suddenly there shone from heaven a great light around about me. I fell upon the ground and I heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecute me? And I answered, who art thou, Lord? And he said unto him, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you persecute. And they that was with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spoke to me. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, arise, go into Damascus, and there shall come unto thee, uh, uh, shall be told unto thee all things which are appointed for thee to do. In other words, he said, here is my experience with the Lord. I'm going down to persecute the people. All of a sudden, the people that was with me, this light shined about me. They didn't hear the voice, but I did. And the voice was the Lord speaking to me and telling me what I got to do and what I must do to help uh, that his glory may be brought forth. And the reason that happened, because back in the Old Testament, I mean, not the Old Testament, but back in the early part of uh, Acts, you'll find that there was a man named Stephen or Stephen, and he was getting stoned and Paul was the one who gave him permission to kill this young man. But yet and still the young man said, Lord, lay this charge not to the, not to them. In other words, he said forgive them because they don't know what they're really doing. They're killing the messenger because of the message. And yet and still, Paul didn't change them, but he kept one on that road to Damascus, and that was his change. Yes, Lord. And it said, uh, the 11th verse, it said, when I could not see for the glory of the light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devoted man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews, what dwelled there, came unto me and stood and said, Brother Paul, receive thy sight. The same hour I looked up upon him. In other words, when that light had hidden Paul, Paul went blind. He couldn't see nothing. But here God has sent a prophet, Ananias, a devoted man to him that was walking in the law, but he had an understanding. That's what gave him a good report. And he laid hands and prayed for him and the cells same hour. See, miracles don't always happen instantly. Sometimes it might operate in the cell same hour. But, hey, it's still God. And, and then it says, and he said, the Lord of our fathers has chosen thee that thou should know his will and see the just one and should hear the voice of his mouth and thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. In other words, God the Father chose Paul before he was ever, or his name was Saul back then, before he was ever, uh, was ever born. And now here he's going through a change of life that he got to find out who the just one was, Jesus, to hear his voice, hear the voice and of his mouth, and become a witness. That is Hebrews' left, uh, fifth letter, thought, speak, action. In other words, here it is. God done told Paul, giving him the plan, and then he heard the voice, and then Paul went into action. He became one of the greatest apostles that we have ever had. He said, uh, the ones that Jesus has sent now. 
They're getting greater. Why? Because greater works shall you do. That's what God said. Everything is going to get greater in the end. We're going to have a mass revival, and several of the cities are going to be uh, Florida, which is around Lakeland, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Dallas, Texas, Chicago, and there's a few others that God's going to set in on fire, and you're going to see miracles, people going into the hospital, raising the dead and stuff. I don't believe that. I don't care if you believe it or not. The Bible says we can do it. I believe it. And it says, for thou shalt be with be a witness unto all men of what thou have seen and heard. And now while thou tarry, uh, and why do thou tarry now? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sin, calling on the name of the authority of the Lord. And it came to pass that when I came again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance and saw him saying to me, Make haste. Now, it's red, so it shows that Jesus said, Make haste. Get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And he said, Lord, they know that I'm in prison and beaten. The Lord, you know that I have been uh, in prison and beaten in every synagogue, them that believe on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr Stevenson was shed, I also was standing by and consented unto his death, and they kept of his raiment of them that slew him. In other words, he's, he's by holding their raiment. He's the one that said, go ahead, kill him. I don't believe in this God of his. And now here he's talking to the God. And he said unto me, depart, for I will send thee uh, far hence unto the Gentiles. And when, he had gave, and when they gave him audience unto his word, and they lifted up their voices and said, away with such a fellow from this earth, for it is not fit that he should live. And they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust on their head. And the chief ca- captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should, that he should be examined by scourging. That means beating. And he brought him the, that he might know wherefore he, they cried so much against him. And when they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? Oh, you should have seen that, that man then, the centurion. He got scared because if he's a Roman, that means he's a citizen of Rome. And he's under the protection of Rome. And here you are beating a man who has not been convicted by Rome. And so the condemnation can come back upon you. Then it says, and when the uh, centurion heard that, he went and told the chief chief captain, saying, take heed what you do, for this man is Roman. And the chief captain came and said unto him, tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, yes. And the chief uh, captain answered, "And with a great sum of, and with a great sum attained I my freedom." And Paul said, "But I was a, I was born free. I was born a Roman." And straightway they departed from him, and which should have been examining him. And the chief captain, which was also afraid, for he knew that he was a Roman, and because he had bound him. In other words, he investigated and found out, oh, oh, this man's a Roman. I'm going to be in trouble on the morrow because he had not known of the certainty 
wherein he was accused of the Jews, he loosened him from his bonds or bands and commanded the chief priests and all the council to appear and brought them and Paul down and sit before them. Well, there's so much to learn about these things, about signs, wonders, and miracles. How here's Paul getting beat, and out of nowhere, here comes the chief uh, chief of the Roman guards come down to save him. And then the Roman guards find out exactly that he is God orchestrates everything. There is nothing that God doesn't orchestrate. And that's why I tell people all the time, just because you don't see God don't mean he ain't around. Just because you don't feel God doesn't mean he ain't doing something. Just because you think that uh, God should do something a certain way doesn't mean it all the way. God can do anything he wants except fail. Uh, we're going to go into uh, Luke, the eighth chapter. Oh, let me turn over there. And if you have any questions about what I just read or about something about the Bible, give us a call. Uh, Mary, I mean Dorothy, will you give them the number and stuff? The call-in number is 646-595-4784, and press the number one, and I'll know you have a question. All right. You really want my name to be Mary. You keep calling me Mary. I'll have to look at that. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. uh, If I was you, I'd check about your family background. I bet you somebody wanted to name you Mary after somebody in your family. That, that does I wouldn't sometimes. doubt it. My 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 grandmother's name was Mary. Um, oh. <laughs> but then then my grandfather married someone else after she passed. And then I am actually mm-hmm. named after my two grandmothers who were alive when I was mm-hmm. born. You know, mm-hmm. Dorothy and Eve. So <laughs> but yes, there are All there right. is a Mary in my family. <laughs> Well, usually when the Lord has allowed me to make a mistake like that, he's usually trying to tell me something. And uh, usually it's somebody that that was supposed to be named that, but their name wasn't that. Uh, Okay. And if you look up Mary. Oh, 702 has a question. Uh, Okay. Area code 702, your mic is open. 702, did you mute your phone? Hello. There you are. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm 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 pressing forward. I have the day off, so I said let me tune into the broadcast tonight. Oh, that's great. That's and I've great. been listening. Yes, sir. I've been listening. Mm-hmm. This is some good stuff here. Lots of lots mm-hmm. of material. I uh, I haven't been in those books in, in a minute, so mm-hmm. going back over is doing me some good. Um, Amen. Yes, sir. I had a question. Not uh, I'm still processing, so not really about the teaching so far. But so okay. I, I am a, as you know, I'm a spirit-filled believer, and mm-hmm. um, you know, still walking with the Lord. I'm feeling pretty good. The Lord's working on me with some things, but I feel like he's with me. We're progressing. I just don't, I know I have the Holy Spirit. I've been told by several ministers I do have it. 
but I, I don't feel like I, I'm really tapped into the gifts God has put in me and the operation of the Holy Spirit and, and moving through. And I, I don't mean like performing, you know, uh, big miracles like uh, healing broken bones or anything like that. I just even words of wisdom, words of knowledge. I, I just I and I, I'm not sure even how to go about operating like that. Okay. Uh one of the things is that God has to appoint you can have the gift, you hear me? But it without no power. That's what I said earlier. God has to give him the power to that and there's a time and a season for it. So the main thing is you show yourself faithful, then he will show you gifts. In other words, he may give you one gift to operate in. He might give you five gifts. He might give you ten gifts to operate in, too. But the thing is, is being faithful over what he gives you. And then as you show you're being faithful, because it's not a, uh, I've been walking with the Lord for a year. I've been walking with the Lord for ten years. It has nothing to do with time. It has something to do with when God looks upon you, and the word is, and he remembers you. And he looks upon you, and he says, I want to give my son this. I want my my son to walk into that. I want my handmaiden to walk into this thing here. And it's it's nothing but a test. It's nothing but a test. We're here to fight against the kingdom of darkness. And because of that, we got, it's just like a chessboard. You got uh, one side for good, one side for evil. The side of good is where we're at fighting against the side of evil. And they're dedicated just like we're supposed to be dedicated. Now, you heard what I said. We're supposed to be dedicated. But a lot of times we'll fall backwards when things get rough. When it gets too tough, we'll say, Lord, where are you? Where are you? And you remember, he's the king. He's still right there. And he's watching us to watch how we perform and going on with the rest of his game. All right. Uh, Did I answer your question? Well, partly and so. The second one is okay. I, I uh, so our adversaries, uh, the, our enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, now a lot of times these people are trafficking through spirits against us, right? Yeah. And also, uh-huh. um, in like uh, testimony, I've heard an evangelist, uh, John Ramirez, say uh, about how he would. Purposely, he, in his spirit, would go out and he'd be flying over neighborhoods trying to put curses on them and trying to find Christians to go and, uh, you know, defeat the ones that he could, you know, mm-hmm. working for his side. How can I, as a Christian, because I've also heard uh, many of the, the, the big servants of the Lord talk about how they also through the Holy Spirit operate um, either going into the, the the different spiritual dimensions and doing this or doing that. How do I, uh, my own self, as a believer, through the Holy Spirit, gain that operation? Okay. Now you have to go back to First uh, Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And when you get there, okay. you'll find out it says the Holy Spirit says he operates as he will, not as you will. In other words, you don't choose. God chooses you. 
he chooses on whom he wants to have uh, give a power. See, a lot of times we don't want to go through nothing, but look at Paul. He got beat, he got beat, he got beat, he got thrown in jail, uh, he got lied upon. But a lot of us, oh, Lord, I already did that for uh, already for a while. It's time for me to graduate to do something different. No, until you pass the test, you'll go back through that test over and over again. It's just like going through grades in school. If you get stuck in the fifth grade, you'll go back through that fifth grade until you pass that fifth grade. And that's the thing is you don't choose to have the power. God chooses. And that's why I said severally as the Holy Spirit will. Right. So another, so you, you, you can't get it on your own. That's what I was teaching about earlier about the, uh, the veins of the earth. Now, I didn't really go into too much teaching, but the veins of the earth is like an invisible line. It's like ley lines, and they're hooked to us. And until we strive to continue to strive to break those ley lines off of us to where we're connected to the heavenly realm, that's what the Holy Spirit is. He's the beginning of the architect. That's why it says Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Faith means trust. It means when I can't see what's going on, I still got to trust God. When I don't understand, I still got to trust God. When I feel that God should do something, I still got to trust God. And he knows how much we can take. That's why the Bible says, you know, he'll never put more on us than we can stand. So every time I know when I was in the military, the sergeant used to tell me, I said, sergeant, I can't go no further. I'm tired. I can't go no further. He said, you can make one more step. You can do one more. And I forced everything in me to do that one more step. And he said, now you can do one more. Every time I kept saying that's as far as I could go, he would say, you can do one more. And after a while, at that time, I didn't understand it. But by making me push forward, I was so strong that when it came to time to pass the test, we had a, a test afterwards. I ran that test so fast it wasn't even funny because I had that extra strength of doing one more. Now, we saying, well, that was just a test. Yep. But when I got over in the war zone, that's what saved my life. I was able to outrun the enemy when they were chasing us. We messed up. We set up an ambush, and the ambush got us. But I was able to keep on running and was not tired because here's my sergeant who kept telling me, you can do one more, one more. And that's the same thing with the Bible. It tells us, don't worry about it. God's got the, got us. We just we can do one more, just one more. We can fight through. And after a while, when you get to your position where you're supposed to be, and it's your time and your season, you got to remember, time and season. When it's your time and season, then you'll be strong enough to help somebody else and tell them, you can make one more. You can make one more. Now, watch how I beat up the enemy. And you'll be thinking, oh, I want to be able to do that like he's doing or like she's doing. That's because you have to do one more, one more to where you don't get – uh, blotted out thinking I can't do it no more I, The devil's going to whoop me I, I did everything I can The devil's gonna, No, you can take one more and It's just like uh, You know, I use human analogy Because this is what we're used to Yes sir Like I, I had to fight, right If I gave up, because I seen there was five guys And I can't, I'm thinking in my mind I can't whoop all five of these Then I've already been defeated But I get up and think Ooh. I don't care if I have to fight all of them, and then if I get kicked down, I'm still going to spit on them to let them know it ain't over. 
And that's how you have to get into the fight. That's how you have to do get into the scriptures. The Bible teaches us the same thing that, that God has said. He made us in his image and his likeness. God doesn't quit. <laughs> that's the bottom line. He don't quit. When you think that he's, he's finished, uh-uh, God is just beginning. That's why I tell people, don't give up. A winner never quits. That's the bottom line. He never quits. He don't even think about quitting. He don't think about, well, I got this fight, but, I, oh, man, I got through this one. The next one's I, I maybe it'll be a little easier. No, the next one's going to be rougher. So get back there with that one and start whooping on that one until you get overcome that. That's why it says overcomer, overcomer in the book of Revelation. We got to fight until we overcome. Then we move to the next step. So the word is what you use. Like, uh, lady, as I said, pray for me today. I I started praying scriptures for her, and as I prayed the scriptures, her back got healed. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Don't quit. Find you some more scriptures. There's, all I, I look down at this word, and there's over 700 and I think it's over 793 words in the Bible. 700. 93,000, that's what it is. And look, every word is a powerful weapon if you know what to do. Step step by step, inch by inch. Did I answer your question? You did. You did. I, I just, uh, <clears throat> pressing through, taking some hits and stuff, I, just what had been bothering me was just, uh, you know, I, I've been a believer for some years now, and it just, you know, seems sometimes some people, uh, I, I don't call them baby Christians, but newer believers will come in and within a year or two will seem to have working of miracles and operations. And, I, you know, it just, not I'm not jealous, just a little bit of a demoralization thinking, well, what am I not doing here? What, what, what can I do mm-hmm. to see the Lord operate through me like that? <laughs> yeah. You got to understand, no, James, it's about your time and season. Mm-hmm. Definitely. About your uh, time and season. Gave me an answer. Mm-hmm. Oh, just I tell you, we got hold me. on through the season. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll give you an example. I, I led a man to the Lord, and I told him, I said, now, now that I led you to the Lord, my car's getting ready to break down. I need a car to get back and forth because I was a nurse. And he said, well, uh, there's nothing I can do. I said, listen, you're a baby Christian. And I know secrets, and the secret is a baby Christian can pray for something, and God moves faster for them because they are a baby. I said, I want you to pray for me to get a car. He said, well, I don't know how to pray. I said, I don't care if you don't know how to pray. Just talk to God and ask him to get me a car. And he said, okay, I'll do it, but I don't understand. I said, you don't have to understand. I said, just ask him. As he asked the Lord for a car, I saw the keys falling from the heavens, fell into my hand. I said, I got it. It's a General Motors car. And he's looking at me like, what do you mean? I said, don't worry about it. I drove my car home, and as I drove my car home, my car broke down about a block from my house. <laughs> it wasn't going no more. It was over with. I went to his friend mm-hmm. of mine, knocked on his door, talked to him right quick. He took me to a car dealership. Every car dealership was closing. I get to this one, and I, I, I said, I see that car over there. It's a General Motors. Can I uh, – Take by that. He said, I'm getting ready to close. And he said, no, that one's getting ready to go to the junkyard. I said, I don't care. It's a general motor. It's what I saw in the vision. I didn't tell him that. I said, I want that car. He said, well, look, go drive it so you can see what I'm talking about. I 
started that engine, man, and it was sounding so bad, it made me want to shoot the car. And so I still went for the ride and I went around the block, and as I was thanking God for the car, the car started smoothing out. I brought it back. I said, don't sell it to nobody. I'll buy it to you from you tomorrow. He said, okay, I'll sell it to you for $200. It was worth way more than that. I bought the car for $200, and the car ran good for me. But it was timing and seasoning. I had a baby Christian pray for me, and that opened up a door for him to let him know that God heard his prayer, and I brought the car the next day to his house to let him see by his prayer. So that's what I'm saying. Just because a baby Christian gets something done, that's because he is a baby Christian. But you got to remember, you still got to go through the test, and, and your test don't end in no 10, 20, 30. Moses went through the test for 80 years before he got what he was doing. All right. Any more questions or comments? No, no, that's all I had. Unless you say something oh. that catches me off guard here in this teaching, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, brother. And mm-hmm. I hope to see you at church Sunday. Oh, that's yes, right. You're sir. working now, Dave. Yeah. But the, I know I, the Lord is blessing you. Mm-hmm. I, and I know you said uh, you're getting ready to get another job, right? Yeah, what they did is I just got a – I missed their call today to find out a start date, but I'll, I'll get them tomorrow. So Lord granted it to me. I was still going to stop by, though, and just had to work out. Amen. Amen. Well, we appreciate you because you're helping with our, 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 our praise and worship music. So I see what help. happens in the absence of my presence. I, I can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, brother. Yes, sir. You have a blessed day, and I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. All right. If there's anybody we do else have another any question. Okay. Yeah. All area right. code, area code 352, your mic is open. Oh, thank you. Um, I just wanted to um, say to um, the last caller, well, in my experience, I experienced that too. Sometimes I say, I've been saying for so long, Lord, what's what's going on? But as I I get, you know, as time goes on, I see that the Lord tells me, I want you to want nothing but me, not my hand. Seek my faith. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when he taught me that, and, and he continuously has to do it sometimes because I could get, mm-hmm. you know, sidetracked. And um, then when I do that, I find my peace, and I find that I find him. I I, I mm-hmm. have my peace. And I think that we all, you know, um, maturer or older <laughs> believers, <laughs> that we do go through that, you know what I mean? And um, But I think that because... We, we we are asking the Lord those questions. I think that he will answer because he knows that we're seeking, Lord, what am I doing wrong? Or, you know, what more do I need to do? And he'll let you know. Just get closer to mm-hmm. me. Closer to me. And uh, it's so sweet, you know, when you find that that's all he wants from us is to be side by side with him. Mm-hmm. Speak my faith, you know, and then, oh, boy. There's peace. One of the things about seeking God's face, and they got they got a book in the Jewish thing about seeking God's face. Once you do that, 
and you start seeing God's face, you stop complaining. As long mm-hmm. as you're complaining and you're saying, well, I'm not complaining. Yes, you are. As long as you're complaining, you'll never see God's face. You'll see his hand. That's what happened to the children of Israel. They walked around there seeing God's hand. In other words, he fed them, he clothed them, he took care of them and everything. But as far as moving into the miraculous, they did not as long as they were not seeking God's face. Because once you stop complaining, you start to seek God's face. In other words, just like you're saying, you got, he wants you to depend on him for everything and not, well, I, let me try this and see if God will do something. No, he wants you to depend on him so much that it's the word from faith to call trust. If God says, walk up to that rock and speak to that rock and then bring out water, then you're supposed to walk up to that, that rock and speak to the rock. But as you notice what Moses did, instead of broke, speaking to it, he hit it with, with the uh, a rod. The water mm-hmm. still came, but he didn't show God the trust that he should have. And because of that, he didn't get the chance to go into the promised land, even though he begged. Ooh. But the main thing is when you when you see God's face, when you then said everything, whatever God you give me, like I was homeless for a while. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you know where I live? I didn't say, Lord, why am I homeless? Why is everything going wrong for me? Why is my family separated from me? I did not say that. I just said, Lord, you know where I'm at. You know where I live. And the next thing I know, a house opened up, a, a apartment opened up for me. I got there $50 a month, which I was paying almost $600 at a house. And I started my ministry. And as I started the ministry, because testimony is what gets people saved, testimony. As I was starting my ministry, this man ran down to me and told me, you can't preach here. I said, okay. And he he walked away from me, and I didn't say another word. I just stood there, right? All of a sudden, he comes running back at me top speed, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, this man going to hit me. And I, you done told me not to fight anymore because I'm a fighter. He said, don't fight. And I'm thinking, this man going to hit me, going to kick me, and I'll be mad, wanting to whoop him. He just don't know how strong I am. And as I was standing there, the man came back to me and said, listen, I'm sorry for telling you you can't preach here. He said, well, you tell me about Jesus. And he was my first convert at that place. And then he ran out, got his family, and brought them back. And I went to them. Then he went and got some more people. And that's how the church started. Uh, but you got to be willing to go through something. Mm, All right. Mm, mm. Well, do you have any questions or other comments you want to say? No, I'm just enjoying the the lesson tonight. Well, thank you. I'm glad because you know I'd be asking the Lord, what should I teach? What should I preach? You know, it's not to be on this broadcast. It's, hey, I got a broadcast and all this. Mm-mm. The Lord has blessed me to where I have what they call revelation knowledge, which what Paul had, revelation knowledge, where you can look at something and see more than what's, what we see. But always remember, the Bible always interprets itself. If it ain't interpreted by the Bible, uh-uh, you can't tell me nothing. The Bible mm-hmm. tells me what it is. And just like with Paul back in the old things, when he before James and all them, they said he went to the elders, the older people, and the Bible tells you to get wise counsel from the older people. And as I was coming up, going through the ministry, I used to stay with people that were 70 and 80 years old as a young man. A young man doesn't have very much experience. He can't teach me very much. But an old man, he's been through it. 
old woman. She's been through it. That's why they call them the mothers of the church. And I learned a lot from them. And I thank God for those people. And then it started understanding it was God all the time bringing me through. <laughs> all right. Amen. Amen, brother. All right. Thank y'all. Well, all right. Have a blessed day. Yes, Is there anybody else out there? Okay. Anybody else out there want to ask before we start on uh, about demons and stuff? Because people don't realize witchcraft is getting more and more and more prevalent, especially in the in the world, not just in the United States, in the world. And the reason that we're going through so much defeat because we never learn how to understand or depend on what the word says. We might quote a scripture, but do you really know what that scripture says when it says God judges among the gods? Does, what does that mean, God judges among the gods? Or what does it mean, <laughs> excuse me, that the Lord is my shepherd? My shepherd, what does that mean? You know, well, that means he takes care of this and that. What does it, <laughs> excuse me, what does it really mean? You have to look what the Bible says. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Well, first of all, you got to find out what is every word. And every word is the Hebrew alphabet. Sometimes I teach on that. And with the Hebrew alphabet, there's a message in there. And the message tells you exactly how God operates. And if you operate in God's timing, his uh, purpose and stuff, you will see the glory of God. All right. Let's turn turn to Luke, the eighth chapter, starting with the first verse. Unless somebody else got another call in. You want to give them the number again there, uh, Dorothy? I got it back to Dorothy now. <laughs> the number is 646-595-4784 and press the number one. Now, you know, it took me a little while to understand that telephone number you're giving us is the same number they had to call call in. And so that means all they had to do is push <laughs> one. I, I didn't get that for the longest. <laughs> all right. So just remember, you're already on the broadcast. Uh, she said it, it comes up with a question mark or something. What does it do, Dorothy? Yes, they, they call it they call it putting up your hand, you know, like raising your hand because okay. you have a question. So, yeah, oh, the okay. question mark comes up. All right, oh. then. So, all right. Let me uh, continue on here about signs, wonders, and miracles, about demons and devils. There are a difference between demons and devils. Demons are the lowest form of the foot, foot soldiers. The same thing as chest. You know, you have your pawns. Then you have uh, your second row of... Uh, people that do warfare. Then you got another row that stands beside the king and the queen that does warfare. So it intensifies. And so they use the pawns, which are the uh, uh, demons. That's what they use first. And these demons, they cause you nothing but trouble. They'll get into your thoughts. They get into your body. They get into your family. They get into your friends. They're the ones that start the little ones that cause confusion. But then they have a bigger leader called devils. And then these devils tell them what they want them to do. And they don't like each other. 
they do not like each other, but they're afraid of the devils. Then above them is another set, which is called Satan's. They're afraid of Satan, and he's the one who controls the devils. And then above them is one called Lucifer. Now, he controls all the kingdom of darkness. So when you, you hear people talking about they're Luciferians, they're talking about being at the head, Lucifer. Under that, they say, oh, well, I'm Satanist. Well, that's under Lucifer. Those are the, uh, there are more than one Satans. They're the adversaries. And then after that, as I told you, it comes back to the devils. And they're, they're powerful. But the thing is, when you learn the word, when you understand the word, then they start to fear you because nobody's greater than the God that we serve, the creator of heaven and earth. That's the big difference, the creator of heaven and earth. And he's with us. And there's greater is, is he who's in us than he who's in the world. But as long as you have lack of knowledge, that's how you get destroyed. It's, it's worth giving up everything to study God's word. To know God's word is better than anything you can ever imagine. And then when you learn that, then you understand the word called the kingdom of God. It's the difference between the kingdom of heaven. It's the kingdom of God. Then you'll be able to understand what the scriptures mean when it says, Mark the 11th chapter, the 22nd verse, have faith in God. And then he tells you precepts about that, you know. If if you say unto this mountain and believe it in your heart to be thou removed and cast into the sea, there's a lot of messages right there, and I ain't even going into it, but I'm just trying to tell you. It all goes back to the one thing, the kingdom of God. So let's look at Mark the eleventh, I mean Mark the eighth chapter and the first verse. Mark the eleventh, I mean the eighth chapter and the eleventh verse. Okay. And it came to pass afterwards that he went through every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus. He's teaching his disciples. He's showing them what they need to do about the uh, kingdom of God. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Now, what is an evil spirit and what is an infirmity? Mary, called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, all right? And Joanne, the wife of Shushan, uh, Herod, Stuart, and Suzanne, and many others, which ministered unto him with their substance. Now, what does that mean? Well, let's go back first of all. Let's look at, look at Mary Magdalene. She said she had seven demons cast out of her. That's what... Remember, I told you the demons work under the devils. And so no telling how many uh, demons that woman had in her. And the spirit of infirmity is another spirit from that uh, demonic world that operates and makes people sick. There's one that causes, uh, they say, uh, headaches. There's another one that causes the flu. There's one that causes uh, anxiety. There's another one that... Uh, causes people that like to look in the mirror all the time at themselves. Narciss- narcissists. <laughs> uh, this stuff is real. 
And the the earlier you learn about this, how to fight these things, because they 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 they're hidden, but they're they're to see. And as I say, the more you study, the more you'll see things. And then after a while, you'll look down here and say, "Oh, a certain woman." It made it clear it's not just some woman. This is a certain woman who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmity. And then it, it goes down even more. It says Mary called Magdalene. Out of whom went seven devils. Now you got to remember. Now these devils are commanders over demons. So no one's telling how many things this woman had in her. But Jesus cast it out. And then when he talks about these other women, they ministered unto him. Who? Jesus. With their substance. In other words, most times you go to church. Who's in the Who's in the church? Women. Who pays the most tithe in the church? Women. Who, who, when something goes wrong, they, they can call somebody to pray. It's most of the time it's women. They can get a prayer through when a man can't. The reason is because sometimes the man's pride getting his way. A woman goes boo-hoo and crying and tears coming out everywhere. But they, they feel they have the emotion. Men, they have what they call logical uh, approach. Well, let me figure, God should do it this way, God should do it that way. And, yeah, women do run into logic, and some men run into emotion. But the majority, that's what I'm talking about, the majority, they don't. They operate according to their left or right brain. All right, let's continue the reading. And when much people were gathered together and it came to him out of every city, he spoke by the, a parable. What is a parable? A hidden meaning. He had, God hides things. A sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed, and some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowl of the air devoured it. And some fell upon the rock, and as soon as it sprung up, and with, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell upon thorns, and the thorns sprung up with it, and it choked. And others fell on good ground, and it sprung up, and bared fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear or listen. I tell you, it's hidden stuff. And the disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery, the knowledge of the kingdom of God. Well, first of all, kingdom is where the rules are made. And who makes the rules? The kingdom. That's why they call it a kingdom and not a queendom. The king is who makes the rules. And then it says, of God. Well, who is God? God is the word. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. But what is, what is the word then? The word is the Hebrew alphabet, which is in Psalms 119. And there's 22 letters. And you have to understand what does the 22 letters stand for? But others, but to others in parables that they might see not see, hear, and they may not understand. Now, the parable is this, the hidden meaning. The seed is the word of God. What is the word of God? The Hebrew alphabet. By these, by, those, by the way, are they that hears. Then comes the devil. Always the devil. And take away the word out of their heart or out of their mind. At least they should believe and be saved. 
you understand the words of these prophecies and stuff is enough to get you saved. As you start to read the word and study the Hebrew alphabet, it, it makes everything else a lot clearer. Because one word can be a thousand words, and a thousand words can be one. And then once you learn to read those things, you'll find the message that's in there. And one of the messages is God, the head of the house, gave wisdom. Uh, he gave them knowledge operated by thought, speak, and action. Now, I just told you five Hebrew letters, but yet still you, you have no comprehension of that until you study it. All right? Now, the 12th verse, it says, And those by the wayside, when they hear, then come the devil and take away the word out of their heart, or out of their mind, so they cannot believe what they just said, so they can be saved. But they that's on the rock, 13, they that on the rock are they which hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no roots, while which for a while believe, and in time are tested, or temptation, they say, or tested, fall away. You're going through the test. Life is nothing but a test. And because of this test, you've got to go by the, the knowledge that you get, inch by inch, step by step. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And that's his job. And he's good at it. He's good at it. And if he can put you through the test where you give up, Lord, I've been with you 20 years, and things ain't changed. Lord, I've been with you 50 years, and things ain't changed. Lord, I've been with you 80 years, and things ain't changed. Then all of a sudden, a change comes. Why did it take 80 years? I don't know. God is God, not us. And if he says it takes some people 80 years, it takes them 80. If it takes them 30, it takes them 30. Why didn't Jesus' ministry start when he was 12? Only God knows. He started him at 30. And if you notice, the Jewish race, they believe in that a person to start to be a, uh, a teacher, a master teacher, can't start his ministry until he's 30. If you look through the Bible, there's all hints and all through there why David was where he was. How long did David live? Well, let me tell you real quick. Let's show you what's hidden. David lived 70 years. But all the things you hear about David, you thought he lived longer than that. He lived 70 years. Why did he live 70 years? If you go back to the book of Genesis, you'll find that, that, uh, that uh, Adam lived 930 years. God said you will never, nobody will ever live over 1,000 years again, over 1,000. Well, if you add 930 and 70, it makes it what? 1,000. That's because David was able to see into the future. And he saw that this one person, if he gave up some of his life, would make this person uh, live longer and cause him to do great things. And that one person he saw in the future was David. Now you're saying, how do you learn all these things? I study a lot of Judaism. It's there on the Internet. Man, we living in the best age there is. So we can go to that computer and find anything we need to find now. Now everything on the computer is correct. But there's a lot of knowledge that you can receive by going on the internet. My glasses back on here again. And then it says, the 14th, and there that which fell among thorns are they which when they heard go forth and are choked 
with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and brought no fruit to perfection. But those that fall on good ground, which which is an honest and good heart, man. That's why we say Psalms 51, create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit. What that means, Lord, make the things that I do, make it the right motives of why I'm doing it. See, knowledge is power. Looking at words won't help you, but you have knowledge, which gives you uh, understanding. That's why I said without your getting, getting understanding, it gives you power. The devil's scared of people like you because he knows that once you get it, you're going you're gonna to be able to be a terror in their kingdom. But as long as they can keep you falling backwards, as long as they keep you saying, well, I haven't been through this test long enough. Oh, Lord, you gave me something for a while, but now I don't lost it because of the cares of this world. You become, uh, you walk back into what we call ego. My ego's hurt. My money's gone. I'm desolate. Lord, you ain't took care of me. That's because you're worrying about you, you, you. Let God take care of you as you trust him. Then it says, and having heard the word, keep it. And bring forth patience, fruit with patience. Patience means you're going to go through something so you can learn patience. Oh, boy. And don't ever pray for patience. I'm telling you. You think you got enough trouble now? Oh, you just asking for trouble. No man, when he has lit in a candle, covers it with a vessel or put it under, under a bed, but sets it on, the, on a candlestick so they that, are, that enter in may see the light. Nothing is secret. This is something I've been teaching a lot of my people at church. For nothing is secret that shall be not made manifested. Neither is anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Now, you look at that, and I'm going to tell you the secret behind that. If you will say this, if you lose anything, I'm telling you, I taught my people, and they are their witnesses of that. If you lose anything, if it ain't stolen, you say, there is nothing that's hid that's hid from the Lord. You say that three times. The reason is, the first time you're telling the devil, God knows everything. Second, you're telling yourself that God knows everything. And the third is that you're confirming that God knows everything. So that's what you want to do. I'm so convinced about God's stuff. If I lose something, I don't worry. Oh, where is that? Where is it gone? I can't find it. To give you an example, one preacher friend of mine told me I had a problem. Uh, I was married at one time, got a divorce, and uh, I, I raised the kids myself. But she said, you ain't got no proof you raised them, and you ain't got no authority that you raised them. But I said, you gave me a letter. She denied it. Five years later, I've been moving around and everything. She pulled in for child support. And that friend told me, he said, put that letter under under the word of God and just pray over it. I did. The very next day, I found the letter that's been missing for over five years in a drawer under my underwear. <laughs> How did it get there? I have no clue. But guess what? I was able to take it and prove that I raised those kids and I did not owe the child support. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. Scriptures are a hidden thing, but you got to get, it says, with all your getting, get an understanding. Then it says, uh, 18 says, take heed, therefore, how you hear. Don't just let anything run into your ears. Don't just listen to everything. For whoever has, to him it be given. 
and whoever shall have not, to him it shall be taken, even that which he seemed to have. Well, that word it says, uh, to him that shall be given, is the third letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which means uh, gimel. And gimel means give. Now, I'm teaching you something, but I told you, I'm just showing you, there's hidden stuff here. And the more you learn, the stronger you become. But it takes time. You ain't going to get it overnight. Then came to him his mother and brother and could not come at him because of the press. There were so many people out there. And it was told to him by a certain, which said, Thy mother and thy brothers standeth without desiring to see you. And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brother are those that hear, have an understanding of the word of God and do it. You can't just be a hearer of the word. You've got to be a doer of the word. He wouldn't even stop for his own brothers and sisters. Now, it came to pass on a certain day that when he went out to the ship with his disciples, he said unto them, let us go over. Now, listen to what it said. Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forward. Now, his words, is they say, you can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Jesus was God. He still is God. He'll always be God. And he said, let us go over. That's enough right there. Then he told us where? The other side. Is somebody else calling in or something? Okay. Yes. How did you know? And they, I was waiting for you to take a breath. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Area code 816. Your mic is open. Well, hello there. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. I just want to ask you what something. can I oh, okay can can uh can demonic spirits read into your thought life? Ah, that is a good question. A lot of people always ask, can demons read your thoughts? Well, a lot of times demons can suggest thoughts into your mind. And that's what makes people think they can read your thoughts. Now, I have never read in the Bible where demons can read people's thoughts. So I have I have no way of saying yes, they can or no, they can't. But I'm trying to tell you, they can suggest thoughts in your mind, and they'll be putting uh, they'll put they'll have more than one demon doing it, and they already know what's going on. Just like uh, they talk about, I got a word. And I'm a, a psychic, and I'm going to tell you what the word is. All they're doing is talking to familiar spirits. So you got any uh, any specific thing you want to talk about? Somebody seemed like they read your thoughts? No, I was just curious if they could get into your head like that and and uh, and control you like that. You know, just know, mm-hmm. know kind of what you're thinking about, you know, and... and Okay. Well, the main thing is what they're doing, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why we have Ephesians 6 and 10, where it says put on the whole armor of God. And what it is, as we put on the helmet of salvation, it blocks out a lot of the uh, thoughts they would send to you. I ain't going to say it blocks out all of it. It blocks out a lot of it. But, see, the devil's got 6,000 years of experience to destroy us or take us through the test and try to destroy us. And we have less than, say, 120 years. And 
we have to learn how to fight and destroy their thoughts as they come to me. That's why I said uh, casting down all imagination or anything, anything that exalts itself against the word of God. So as I said, they put thoughts in our mind, they put doubts in our mind, they put fear in our mind, and these are different demons, different devils, and they have their own kingdoms, and each one kingdom is different than the others. And you can't say there's only four kingdoms. There's millions of kingdoms out here. But we have the greatest kingdom of all, the kingdom of light, which is the angels, the angels of truth that enter in, the angels of trust that comes to us, the angels of faith that comes to us. We have a whole legion that helps us, but unless we access them by knowing the word, because they operate according to the word. I think that's in Psalms 107. If you look up there, they answer to God's word. They don't answer to what I think or believe. They answer to God's word. And a lot of times, you can just say one word, Jesus. And they come to attention and come to help you. Especially if you ever attack, I'm telling y'all, if any of you ever been attacked at night by demons that attacking you sexually, it's called incubus and syncubus spirit. And the way, only way you can defeat them, you have to say in your mind, trying to get it out, Jesus. If you get them, they'll roll off of you. All right. Any other questions? So, um, so these are demons. I know there's there's orders, right? So, do, do yeah. demons uh-huh. do they have to like follow orders from a higher hierarchy? Yes, and that's what I was talking about earlier. Demons are the lowest of the middle of the army. They're like privates. They're the lowest one of them all. And then they have uh, another set of above them, which are called devils. They don't like each other. Demons don't even like each other. But the thing is, they're all afraid of the devil. That's why you hear this, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. They're telling some of the truth. And then above them is called the Satans. And they have more power and they're in charge of more uh, troops. Then up above them is Lucifer. Now, I, I didn't make it clear earlier. There's only one Lucifer, but there are other in the rank of Lucifer. They're just like Lucifer is the commanding general. But then you have a lieutenant general, uh, I forgot how they go down the, the general rank. It's been so long since I've been in the military. But they have others. They call them a Lucifer Satan, a Lucifer Devil, a Lucifer Demon, or there's a Satan Demon, or a Satan Satan, or a Satan uh, 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 Devil. But there's so much being brought in. And I mean, what we get is the basics. We didn't get into the deepness of it. Like there's, they got King. They have ducks, duchesses, they have princes, they have uh, others. Because, like, we go into the book of Daniel, where it says uh, Gabriel was sent to give a message to Daniel. And as he was coming down, he was held back by the prince of Persia. Now, that's nowhere in the anarchy that we read in the New Testament about the, the different things, you know, uh, principalities, powers, wicked rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. But they're there, but it's just hidden. You have to search it out. So there he is, stood there with the prince of Persia, 
But then all of a sudden, the archangel Michael saw what's going on, and he comes in and gets into the battle. Michael gets, uh, Gabriel gets away. He goes to tell Daniel what he had to tell him. And he said, now nah, I got to get back. But he, you notice he didn't go to the prince of Persia. He went to be with the king of Persia. So that's where we have all these different things. There's too, so much to learn. There's no way anybody can teach it all over the, you know, overnight or in years and stuff. But our job is if we understand how the word works and we'll work the word, the word will work for us. But we got to go through some stuff. So God will see that we're going to be patient and that with our patience, we're going to bring forth fruit. That's why we're reading Luke, the eighth chapter right now. And it tells you what kind of fruit it says, the 15th verse. It says, but those on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart. And remember that I explained that the Bible always interprets itself. Go to uh, um, Psalms, the 51st chapter and the 10th verse, where it says, Create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit. Clean up my mind, Lord. Make me do what is right. And hear the word and keep it. That's another thing. Not just being a hear of the word, but you got to keep it. And then do it, and you bring forth fruit with patience. See, most people, let me bring forth fruit, but they forgot the part with patience. That means you got to go through something. Did I answer your question? Uh-huh. Okay. I'm glad you're back in so town. What, what about if you're getting uh, attacked sexually in your in your sleep? And, well, that's why I was telling you about incubus and sycubus. And and you get sucked if you get sucked into that. What mm-hmm. what kind of a prayer would what kind of a prayer would you pray or what kind of repentance? How would you repent after something like that? Okay, you got to you you're being attacked, and the only thing that'll work for you. you first of all, you got to remember, it's not. You don't take any condemnation for what the devil is doing to you. It's just like this. I take a bottle of whiskey, and I pour it all over your body, and I pour it in your mouth. Does that make you an alcoholic? No. No. Why? Because I'm pouring it on you. And that's what they do. They attack, you know, uh, they're attacking you. You didn't come looking for them to do these things. And the only thing you can do, so you don't have to repent, even if they get you in, you know, into it, because that's what it is. It's just an attack. The only way you can stop them is you got to say Jesus. No prayer or anything. You got to say Jesus. And once you say that, they will roll off of you. And they usually attack a person that's single or maybe married, living in another room and not having sex with their wife or husband. Those are usually the ones they go after. Very seldom I've ever heard of a man or a woman who's sexually active with their, their mate get attacked with syncubus or incubus. I know. Well, that's really okay. all I wanted to know, but thanks for answering my question for me. Well, you're welcome. What did I say? Any case, you like calling in, calling in. I tell everybody, call in, because this is the only way everybody learns, is by people asking questions. Well, you have a blessed day. You do the same thing. Okay. All right. Is anybody else going to call in? This is the time to push that button and start asking questions or giving comments. 
I'm saying the Lord, this is really been a blessing with y'all calling in and stuff. The people that's been calling in so far, it makes the time goes a lot faster. And you know, saying when you're sitting in a room by yourself, <laughs> the Lord, it, it, it's good to have people on the other end that are listening. Like y'all calling in and let me know you're listening. If you don't have no question, just call in and let me know you're listening. And it, it lets me know that, Lord, I'm doing what you want me to do. All right, let's continue to read. And it says in the 19th verse, well, we just read that. Let's get over to where Jesus had just got these saying. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forward. But as they were willing, someone just yelling, put up went, their hands. Oh, all right. two people put up their hands. Okay. All right. Let me open their mic. Area code 404. Your mic is open. Hello, Apostle Vivian. Hey, how you doing? I am okay, sir. How about yourself? Oh, I can't complain. The Lord has been blessing. I'm glad you you heard the uh, broadcast. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any Absolutely. comments? Or? I do. Um, it's not about demons, but I was studying. Uh, let me see. I was studying First Kings. And um, okay. you remember the uh, the man of God and then the old prophet? You know that story? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the the man of God told to go to, uh, tell this king that he's uh, that he's uh, told him to get his life, or actually he had put a curse on the man, and because he reached out and touched him, it's been so long. And so after yeah. he, he did what he's supposed to do, and he got to the old man, the old man said, hey, the Lord told me to tell you to stop and eat here. And he and the Lord had already told him, don't stop, keep on going. Yeah, so That's correct. go ahead. That's correct, because you, you often speak of uh, that we're constantly, you know, in test. So yep. when, the old, um, when the old prophet talked mm-hmm. the other guy into coming, of his, coming to his house, and eating and drinking, that was a test mm-hmm. that he failed, and and he ended up the Lord ended up he ended up dying, killing him, yeah, killing him. Okay, so mm-hmm. that was a test. And then the, the same thing, and now I'm in Numbers, and this is when um, Moses tells the twelve spies to go to Canaan, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and and he he told them to. Um, you know, bring a report, ask them how big the people are and, the, and how fortified the land and all that other stuff. But Moses mm-hmm. knew that God had prom- Mo- Moses knew that God had promises this land to them. So was he saying mm-hmm. that to the spies as a test also? Yes, it was a test to the children of Israel. And as you notice, ten came back with a bad report. Only two came back with a good report. And if you have ever heard me say about what God told me about the churches. He said, two out of every hundred people in a church is saved. Whoa. Two. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, we got to make sure we're, we pass our test. And some tests or you know, maybe you get a spanking. And some tests might get you killed. Because, see, the Bible says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have passion, compassion on. That's why it, okay. we, we're supposed to work out our own soul salvation with fear and trembling. Trembling means knee knocking. But go ahead. Okay. 
And are we to are we to understand that these these tests actually came from God, or were they? Uh, do you think they originated from, like in the case of Moses, or originated from the old prophet, or do you think that's something that God put on them to offer those tests, or do we know mm-hmm. that by reading study? No, we will not understand that by reading everything, but knowing His nature. God's nature will tell you things. How did God operate and stuff? If you notice, before Job could even be tested, and that's what he was, God had to tell uh, the devil to go test him. He said, have you not considered my servant, my servant, Job? Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, he got everything. But he was saying, hey, look, you want to test him? In other words, God was the one who did it. And if you if you don't believe it, you go back and read it, and it'll say down there, even though you moved me to move against uh, Job without a reason. And he was talking to the devil. But he had to get permission first. The devil had to get permission first to test Job. And when he said, well, that test didn't work, let me try another one. And then when he saved that other one, that's when it, the test really began. And then at the end, you know, here's Job want to ask questions. Why? 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 And then he said, okay, you want to know why? Gird yourself as a man. Get up in front of me. You say you, you want to be as like me? Let me ask you a question. Where were you when I uh, uh, made all the stars and the, and the angels sung together? Where were you? And then he kept asking him a lot of questions. And then Joe said, oh, I, I don't know nothing. That's right. You don't know nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So based oh, on um, the nature of God, we think mm-hmm. that he he's the one that originated those tests. So mm-hmm. Those tests those tests were originated from God. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very yeah. much. I appreciate that. That's that's what I was thinking. But you like you said, it doesn't necessarily confirm that in studying, but one mm-hmm. would draw that conclusion. So I just want to check with you. I thank you for your time. Oh, thank you, sir. You have a blessed day. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Okay. Is any other got any questions or comments? Did you say there's any more, uh, Dorothy? Sorry, I unmuted her mic or their mic, and I didn't unmute mine. Yes, we have a caller, Eric, code 913. Okay. Area code 913, your mic is a... There you go. Okay. Yes. Uh, Hello. Yes, I have a question for you. Why is it that people believe, you know, Satanists can spend so much time practicing their religion, but people that believe in Jesus Christ, the majority of them don't put any effort into just showing up to church when the other side can put in multiple, multiple hours in one session of working against uh the light. Amen. That's a good question. And and one of the answers are is that Christians are lazy. Not all Christians, but all, the majority of them are lazy. That's why he said, those that hunger and thirst after me. Hunger and thirst means, hey, I'm willing to give up everything to get be with God. But the Satanists, they learn the more they practice their craft, the stronger they become and the more rewards, especially for every Christian they can take down. 
They go into our churches and look around and see who's the weak link. And then they have darts. They actually do have darts, which is their words. And they'll speak things into people. Anger, frustration, cheating, lying, all these things going in. And the Christian, even though they have the armor on, they say if, it, if there's a little small crack in the armor, then that's where the devil gets in. He has legal right. How does that happen? You're sitting up there talking to somebody, and all of a sudden you lose your temper. Or you say, well, they ain't going to nobody missing me just taking this little bitty grape off the grapevine here. And you know you have to pay for that. Somebody got to pay for it. They didn't say get, take free samples, but, oh, yeah, I just take a free. You just open up a door. And then Satan comes along with his group or this, uh, the uh, witches and warlocks, and they throw things into you. If you notice, they go out looking for assignments that Satan has sent them on to to execute their judgment upon people, trying to find out if they got a weakness or not. And like once time you get a, a, a curse put against you, as the witches do, warlocks do, that thing keeps bouncing back. As long as, long as you're doing what's right, it can't hurt you. But as soon as you left that armor down, as soon as you forgot to put it on that day, there's the devil. He got his little, he got his little legal right in you, and he may not do anything for maybe a week, a month, or a year, but then it's going to come against you. And these people, they practice their stuff constantly, constantly. I had, I had a, a warlock come into my house, and actually he was a vampire, and he told me he had 50 demons under his control. And the reason he had 50 demons is that he practiced his craft. He knew what they need to do, what he needs to do to keep them under control. But a Christian, I ain't going to say all Christians. I said there's some Christians, all they want to do is just complain and tell God what they want. Lord, I need this. I want that. Lord, why ain't you give me this? Why ain't you got me that? Uh, it's all about them. All about them. Instead of being about other people One of the secrets that I taught today on, on the broadcast Is how to get prayers answered You have somebody You pray for somebody else that needs prayer And say you're sick But you call for somebody else And they're sick Don't ask them to pray for you You pray for them And when you do that God answers your prayer Because you're the one that needs healing And like another thing uh, uh, a, a good way to get a uh, a prayer answered and keep the devils in them at bay. Have a, pay, a baby Christian pray for you. God answers a baby Christian because the scripture says for the little ones, their angels are always before the Father's face. In other words, we're getting instruction from our angels on how to get stronger in the Lord. And because we're babies, we get it quicker. And after a while, we learn how we have to take up the word, we have to use the word, we have to understand the word. And most people stop at being a baby. Did I answer your question? Uh, yes. Uh, now, do do Christians not realize that uh, that they have power, and that's that's why they don't uh, uh, continue to uh, work harder to uh, uh, to gain to gain strength, and you know, go to church and pray more and things of that nature. Okay. Well, most people, they don't have power. They have the authority. But it has to be, like what I said earlier, like the people that went to Jerusalem, they had they had they already had the Holy Ghost. Because in the book of Mark, I mean the book of Luke, 
Jesus said, receive ye the Holy Ghost, and they received it then. But they had to go to Jerusalem to be endued with power. So, yes, they have authority. But if you don't have power, and the only way you get the power is that the Holy Spirit has to be sad. Have you uh, went to your time and your season? I don't know how to explain that. Your time and season. And then he decides what, how much power you get. The smaller your power, the smaller the war you're going through. The greater the power, the greater the warfare you're going to go through. But see, that's for you to be able to help other people. A lot of people don't know what it means to go through a divorce. Some people don't know what it means to have a loved one die. Somebody don't know what it means to have been robbed and stuff. Or somebody who's supposed to be your friend turned, put a knife in your back. But see, those that's already been there, we can help them. I mean, tell them, hey, this is how God showed me to handle it. I didn't, I didn't cuss them out. I didn't go break up their house. Or I didn't tear that stuff up. But I prayed for them and said, Lord, get their mind changed. Get their heart changed. You know, just like Jesus said, Lord, forgive them. But they don't know what they're doing. I heard a man talking the other day talking about karma. He said, yeah, karma is real. Well, the Bible is what's real. It says, whatever man soweth, so shall he reap. <laughs> And that's what they call karma, and that's the same thing what we say, scripture. So if the persons will, as I say, really uh, understand, yeah, you have authority, but you got to be endued with power. And the only way you get power, you study the word, you stay before God, you fast, you pray. And then all of a sudden, it'd be like walking into another nature. You become a different person. The things you used to think, you don't think that way anymore. Then you're... And when the power is upon you, the demons get scared of you. Got any other question? Well, do you, do you believe that a lot of people do not see uh, power in the churches that uh, that they attend, and that's why they don't uh, maybe have an an understanding that there's power out there. Yes, because a lot of the churches are not teaching the the whole gospel, but they're teaching a watered down gospel. God wants you to be prosperous. God wants that's what they hear all the time. God name it and claim it. God wants you to be rich. God wants you to be this. God wants you to be that. But he didn't. They don't teach you about hey, just like being in the military, you got to go through something. You didn't come in there being a general. You had to come in there being a private. You had to go through the climbing through the mud, through the dirt. Learning how to use your weaponry and stuff. How to reserve your energy when you need to and how to have more energy when you don't have it. That you can do one more step, one more step. So yes, the church is right now, but there's there's a coming there's a new there's a new wave of churches coming. There's uh small churches, like ten, fifteen people, and they're learning how to do deliverance. And they're teaching the others. And there's a bunch of them coming up now. Because God's like, uh, this preacher's name is R.W. Sandbach. He said that the last day revival is not going to be in the major church, the mega churches. He said it's going to be in the small churches, and that's what's really happening. And we're getting ready to have a revival because there's people that's learning not to run away from the devil, but have the devil run away from them. So they have an understanding what that scripture says. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. And the word that says, if I submit myself unto God, resist the devil, he will flee from me. It didn't say he flee from God. He said he'll flee from me. God has given us authority and power. 
So, yes, you can have authority, but no power ain't going to help you. Well, you got okay, to have the well, power. Well, that, uh, that uh, answers my questions. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Well, you have a blessed okay. day, and I look to see you again soon. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Uh, anybody else out there that wanted to call in or before I finish up on this thing here? I don't see anybody. I think I put a check mark by everybody's name that we answered because we had a lot of calls tonight. I was starting to lose track. Well, you <laughs> oh. can. Okay, well, let me try to see what I can do on this uh, um, uh, looking at what Jesus said because I got something to say about this here. Back on the 22nd verse, and it says, we're going to the other side. But he fell asleep, and when he came, then came a storm of a wild wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and woke him and said, Master, Master, we perish. He then, he, then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And they were a calm. Now, then that's what the 25th says. And he said unto them, where is your faith? And what does the word faith mean? Trust, trust, trust. You got to keep that, that word in your mind, trust. That's what faith is, trust. And they're being afraid, wondering, what, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commanded even the wind and water, and they obeyed him. Now, let's go look back there. Jesus said in the 22nd verse, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Now, if Jesus is God and you believe that he's God, then you've got to trust that we're going on to the other side of the lake, no matter what happened. Well, the storm came up and all this. But if you go back in the Old Testament, you can find out it was prophesied that this would happen, that this would happen, and that he would calm the seed and everything. It's according to the word. The test was to show their their real trust in him. Because if they trusted him, they wouldn't woke him up. The answer, uh, just recently, I, I give testimony a lot. I was uh, riding with a friend of mine. We were down in Texas when that, uh, her, that tornado hit. And as the tornado was coming up, I looked up and saw it, but I had already said that we needed to go uh, back to Kansas City. I had to be there that afternoon. So I went on to sleep. And as I said, there's no need of God being up, Jesus being up, and me being up. But I can't do nothing, but they can. All I did was a simple prayer, and I said, Lord, I thank you because you said that we're going up to the other side, and that's all we had to do. That's what they missed when he said, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Then they should have not been fearful. They should have went If they were scared, they ought to lay down and went on to sleep. Now, I'm not criticizing them because, hey, we all got to go through tests of our faith. We all got to go through and see if we really believe. And so then it says, and when they arrived in the country of the Gatherings, which is over against uh, Galilee, and when they went forth to the land, and they met out of him a, of the city a certain man, which had devils, long time, wearing no clothes, neither abroad in the house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, son of the of the of God, the Most High, I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. 
For oftentimes he had caught it had caught him, and he was kept bound in chains and fetters, and breaking the the bands, and was driven driven of the devil into the wilderness. Now look at that what it says, the twenty ninth verse. It said, For he had commanded who did? Jesus did. He had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, but it didn't come out. It didn't come out. That's what I try to tell people. If Jesus commanded something to come out and it didn't come out, then why are we saying all you do is say one time and everything's supposed to come out? It's a warfare. And I keep telling you, you need to read all three accounts, not one account. There's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You need to read all three of those accounts and put them together to find out what did happen at at that garden. Why did Jesus try to cast it out and it didn't come out right away? Why did Jesus finally didn't cast them out? He just said, go. But you have to read all three of them to have the full understanding. All right, let's keep on going. And Jesus answered him saying, what is thy name? And what does name mean? Authority. And then you got to pay attention to what it says. And he said, legion. And if you look behind it, you'll say a semicolon. Because many devils were into him. This what it was meant. There was more than one set of kingdoms. That's what, what it legion means. There was more than one set of kingdoms. He could have had 22 sets of kingdoms that had 20,000 demons in their, each kingdom. And Jesus was casting out each kingdom. And he was tired. And, he, and they besought him, said, uh, would not command them to go out into the deep, into the pit. And there was a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. How did he suffer them? You have to read the other word, what it said. He said, go. Then the devils came out of the man and entered to the swine, and the herd ran down violently into the deep place of the lake and was choked. So in other words, what happened was they made a deal with God. There were so many of them, and the swine is, was an unclean animal, unclean. So what did, the Jews are not supposed to eat from the unclean animal. So what did Jesus do? He said, all right, I'll make a deal with you. Go ahead and jump into those pigs. And they jumped into those pigs, all those different kingdoms. So you look at how many kingdoms they might have been in each person that meant one man, all them went in that that thing, and they went down and killed themselves. So we'll take up the, the uh, continuation of this next week. But as I try to tell people, I said, you need to know the Bible. The Bible interprets itself. Take time to study it. Learn your warfare. Learn what it means by time and season, purpose, and what is the whole duty of man. A lot of stuff you can read in Ecclesiastics. You want power, you start studying Psalms. The more you study Psalms, even if you don't feel it, you study it, you say it, you search the word out, and then as you're searching the word out, you'll see the Hebrew alphabet in the King James Version, Psalms 119. There's 22 letters in Psalms, I mean, 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and then you read where it says the revelation of Jesus has 22 chapters, and what is that? the book of Revelation. So as I said, there's a lot of secrets, a lot of secrets in there. But the more you learn about the kingdom of God 
and the secrets of God, the more you'll understand what it's really saying. What is God saying? I want the best of the best of the best. He said, I don't want the, uh, the lowest of the low. He said, I want the best of the best. That means you want the perfect man and woman. I want the ones that's worked through being perfected, the ones who went through something. They could be the prostitute. They can be the uh, bum or the who worked their way through. You know, those that are, are healed, they don't need a physician. But those that are sick and willing to receive, receive the uh, word of God and that God's word is like a medicine. That's why it says a, joy, uh, a merry heart is just like a mer- uh, medicine. Well, it's talking about the word of God. And then that's when you'll be able to say, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. All right, uh, Dorothy, you there? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, that made the time go fast tonight. I'm so I appreciate all those people that called in. Some of those I recognize from the church and everything, and others that uh, from other churches I've been to. So I want to thank all of you people who called in tonight. And um, next week we will continue our study. I don't know if we left off 22. Did we, or did we finish 22 Acts 22? I think we finished uh, Acts see. 22. I was looking. Okay. Yeah, and then so next week we'll do Acts 23, and we'll continue on about witchcraft and warlocks and how they study their craft versus what Christians are not doing. And I ain't saying all Christians. I'm just saying God told me like 2% are Christians, 98% are religious. But if you fear God, I'm trying to tell you, if you fear God and do what you're supposed to do, You'll be just as much as if somebody like David, whose love for God was so deep that he's willing to sacrifice everything to please God. So that's why you have to read the book of Jude. Some people you can love into the kingdom, and some you got to bring them in by fire. But once you start to learn everything in the Bible, goes to one thing, and that is back to the Garden of Eden where God had perfect fellowship with man. That's why it's always talking about one-on-one. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray. And for you to receive wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Father, you've heard what I'm asking for. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge for the people that have been listening here. I ask you to open up their eyes that they may see. Open up their ears that they may hear. Open up their understanding that they will be able to go forth in the power of the Holy Spirit and understand that we are connected to a switch, and that switch is the Holy Spirit, which is connected to Jesus, the Son, which is connected to the Father. And as we start to learn of ourselves in the position of of receiving the power and understanding knowledge, then we'll have revelation knowledge that we can teach some man, some woman, some boy or girl the truth, and that they can receive the things that God has for us. Father, I'm careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's name, and we all say, amen. Amen. All right. All right. Well, I'll be looking forward to in two weeks. Oh, they remind me. I'm getting ready to go down to uh, Texas. I'll be in Houston. On the 28th of July, there is a man called Al Lucan. He's, his family's coming there from Africa. I've seen that man. He went into the hospital, and everyone in the people in the hospital got healed. Plus, he raised a couple people out of the morgue from the dead. 
I'm looking forward to meeting with this man, and I'll be talking about it when I get back. So y'all have a blessed day, and till next week, may God bless you and keep you. May his face shine on you and give you shalom. Thank you, Pastor James. You have a blessed evening now. Okay. And we'll see you next time. Good night, everyone. Father bless. Good night, Pastor James. Good night, Dorothy. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.